Hey everyone, it's Yoshi. And Emily. So this month, we've been airing listener stories as part of our fundraising campaign for Unsettled. Before we hear this week's featured story from Rivka M., we want to ask for your help so that we can continue to make Unsettled. Since the summer, we brought you five full-length episodes, each exploring issues on Israel-Palestine from a different perspective. And we brought you content on current news, such as our mini-series on Trump's announcement to move the American embassy to Jerusalem. We want to share stories of the reality of the occupation and resistance to it. From our own experiences, we've seen how divisive talking about Israel-Palestine can be. We hope Unsettled is a podcast where listeners can hear different perspectives that are rarely given time in mainstream media and learn something new. We've gotten amazing feedback. People have told us how much they're learning, how their views have been challenged and shifted, and what topics they'd want to hear about going forward. And we've loved making this podcast. But in order to make Unsettled, it's taken time and money. Behind the scenes, we've paid out of pocket for a range of things, including our editing software, web domain, and studio space. So after months of interviews and editing and planning, we're raising $2,018 to start the first month of 2018. We're so thankful and excited to announce that over the past two weeks, we've made it just over halfway to our fundraising goal. Thank you so much to all the people who have donated. No matter the amount, each donation has been so uplifting and helpful in allowing us to continue this work. Please consider donating $18 or whatever makes sense for you at our GoFundMe page, gofundme.com slash unsettledpodcast. While we've been busy fundraising, we're also taking time to share stories of our listeners. Here is Rivka Ems. I didn't grow up attending Jewish schools, camps, youth groups, or other American Jewish institutions of the sort. So I wouldn't say my indoctrination was systemic, but it operated by virtue of omission. Omission of the existence of Palestine and of Palestinians. Likewise, support for Israel and Zionism was ideologically implicit during my upbringing. For my family, this meant there's a lot to be owed in terms of gratitude to the Zionist project. Israel offered exit visas to Soviet Jewry when many Western nations did not. Israel did this because it was strategically convenient to populate the country with a Jewish majority. However, many Soviet Jews did not end up in Israel. Many did. My immediate family did not, and when I've asked my parents about the immigration process, they explained Israel wasn't their first choice. They didn't want to be in Israel. They very much wanted to and hoped to be in New York City. And I extend my gratitude to them for that, not to the state of Israel. When I was a kid, sometimes my non-Jewish peers would say, Oh, so you're Israeli, upon learning that I was Jewish. I question this later. It points to how deeply entrenched the conflation of the state of Israel is with Jews as a whole. Of course, my friends and classmates were pretty young, so that's forgivable. But many adults buy into Israel's PR efforts, or Hasbara. The adults in my life eventually acknowledge the existence of Palestine when I've questioned them, but not the legitimacy of Palestine and Palestinians' right of return to their ancestral country. American Jews have to unlearn the revisionist history they've been taught in Jewish institutional settings and often by their own families. 
by educating themselves and each other about Palestinian history and the struggle for equality, self-determination, and liberation. It saddens me when Jews use the same tactics against Palestinians in Israel that anti-Semites in Europe have traditionally used against Jews to politically isolate them. For me, my Jewishness informs my anti-racism and my anti-Zionism. I think of my family's experience of living and being treated as second-class citizens, and I see a parallel between their experience and the experience of the Palestinian people in Palestine slash Israel. Don't get me wrong, I don't think these experiences are identical, but there are a lot of things that can be found in common. I think of my family's stories of institutionalized discrimination, such as acceptance quotas into universities. I also think of interpersonal discrimination my family faced, such as my mom's beautiful hair being stigmatized by her blonde and straight-haired classmates in eastern Ukraine. She was mercilessly bullied for that. I think of my family's racialized experience in Soviet Ukraine. I think of the Stalinist suppression of Yiddish and Yiddish culture, and I see a parallel between that and Israeli erasure of Palestinian place names. And more generally, I I'm constantly thinking about why a diasporic people continues to be complicit in the displacement and violation of human rights of another people. What drives that cognitive dissonance? I wonder why any Jew who knows their own history, whether they're first generation or not, whether they're Ashkenazi, Sephardi, or Mizrahi, how can they do anything but stand with Palestinians in their struggle? That was unsettled listener Rivka M. on what brings her to a critical conversation about Israel-Palestine. If you think it's important to create a space for this conversation, please consider donating. To find the campaign, visit our website, unsettledpod.com. And make sure you subscribe however you get your podcasts to make sure you never miss an episode of Unsettled. Unsettled.